You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. It's good to be with you today. My name is Lance Davids, and I am a graduate of Trinity, 1995. My wife was 96. Um, She was in the gospel choir. I was just texting her, and they were good back then, but you guys were awesome. So uh, let's give it up to them. I've been a teacher my whole life. I knew I wanted to be a teacher the second I walked in here. And as the head of the school still, I'm in charge now, but I still teach a class because I believe in the power of what a teacher can do in the lives of kids. And one of our biggest goals, if you're a teacher or whatever, is to preach the gospel. I don't care whether you're in business. I don't care what you're in. That's what we do. And this is one of the most powerful parables to me in life because we sometimes like to think of it as, well, these guys aren't thankful. This parable is way more about how awesome God is, less about how not thankful we are. So as we look through this parable very quickly, I want to unpack and then give you three things we can all do as we take home and go back to class or leave here. Um, As I said in the beginning, Jesus entered this village. Now, this is crazy because if it's a village, he's probably not going to go into. One, it's probably in Samaria. And two, they're lepers. No one wants to be around lepers. All right, they're unclean. And Samaritans and Jews did not hang out. You would never be caught with these people. So the fact that Jesus goes out of his way to go into a place where no one really wants to go says something. It says that he's going to not only have the generous heart to heal people, but he wants to heal more than just the disease. He wants to heal shame. He wants to heal hurt. He wants to heal pain. And that's what he does. So one of the things I want to do is focus on the generous heart of Jesus today. And with that, maybe we can be a little more generous as well. And the fact that Jesus goes, so he has a heart to help the shamed. And I'm a big believer in my students. I have a few of my students in here. They know this. I'm on a mission to get rid of the word shame out of the Christian community. Because I don't see Jesus shaming anybody. But we do it way too often. He goes in here, and you want to talk about shame. Jesus took all of ours so we don't have to face it. That's the power of the cross. I see so many students who come up to my office because I counsel, I'm a pastor still too, and they look at me and they can't even stare at me in the eye because of the shame they have because of how they're treated or how we deal with people. And Jesus doesn't do that. Your self-worth is based on the fact that you're a child of the King. Your identity is in Jesus Christ, not in what the world says you are, in what he says you are, and you're his kid. So as Jesus goes, these guys, he has the heart of a healer. So these 10 lepers go to him. And there's probably shame in that because back then diseases weren't just you're sick. Usually you got a disease because you did something. That was the mindset. So 10 of these guys walk up to him and say, please heal us, Jesus. We're sinners, help us. And I find it a miracle that sometimes we doubt the power of Jesus to heal. He can do all things. And I find it interesting. So he goes, go and heal yourself. Go walk. Get out of here. You're healed. But it didn't happen right away. They had to leave first. They had to take a step in faith before they were healed. Too many times we want the results first before taking that step. I mean, this happens in the Bible all the time. Naaman in the Old Testament, cleanse yourself in the Jordan River. He had to do it seven times before he was healed. Sometimes we need to take that step of faith before results happen. And sometimes the results never happen. But in this case, they did. 
And I'm amazed at how much this gratitude thing just has got in my heart a little bit of Jesus' generosity. One of the things I think sometimes with us is we need to be more generous people. I think we're thankful people, but we're not grateful people. Thanks is polite. Like when I leave here today, someone might say thank you. I'll say you're welcome. But what does it mean to be generous? Like my kids, I have two girls, they're polite. I give them stuff for Christmas, they'll say thank you. But are they generous? Are they gratitude? Do they live grateful hearts? Like one time, there's this little gas station by us that is this new thing. It's crazy. It's called Square Donuts. I've never really seen Square Donuts before. So one day, we took a little road trip on the way to school and got Square Donuts. Gave it to them. They said thank you. Guess what happens the next day? Hey, Dad, Square Donuts? I'm like, no, you got them yesterday. Well, they almost got a little attitude with me. They were thankful. But were they really living lives of gratitude? So I want you, as you think about this story so many times, so Jesus heals them. Now Jesus is God. He knows that nine of these guys aren't coming back to thank him. He knows this. But what does he do anyways? He heals them all. And I think that's such a thing for me because sometimes I struggle with gratefulness. Like, I'll be generous if you're thankful. I'll be generous if you do things for me. That's not how Jesus rolls. Jesus is generous sometimes regardless of how grateful we are back. And we struggle with this sometimes. Like one of the things we do at Ileana, we call it praise crowd and we do things at night, we worship, but we also do breakfasts. So, and we serve everything. I mean, we spoil them, but we serve pancakes, chocolate chip, regular French toast, hash browns, coffee, parfaits. I mean, it is good. So, but my problem is I have to run these things. So we get 300 kids there in the morning. But the day before, I got to buy all the stuff and go out. And there's never any place that has all the stuff. So you're going to like three different places. And now my students like all these exotic things and menu and creamers and stuff. Like I want a mocha chocolate creamer thing. Can't find it. So I would get crabby on those days when I go grocery shopping. Then I got to get up at 4 a.m. the next day to cook this. I have students help, but I'm still there. And then my back was hurting one day. And we're doing this and we're sweating. We finally get done. And I've been doing, I do these once a month. So this is like after the eighth month of doing them. And I have a kid walking out, comes up to me and he goes, next time, can you put some M&Ms in our pancakes? And I didn't say this, but I thought, I'll put something in your pancakes. So I went up to my office because I was going to run to Dunkin' and get a cup of coffee to give myself a hot second. And there was a note on my door. And it said, Mr. Davids, You have no idea how much we love these breakfasts. They've made such a difference in the culture here. And one of my favorite things about Ileana, here's a cup of coffee on me with a $5 bill taped to it. They were grateful. It fueled me. But my problem was I was getting bitter and angry because they they weren't being grateful back. That's not how Jesus rolls. He doesn't get bitter. He doesn't get frustrated. He continues to give and give and give. He has an incredibly generous heart. So as I close, I want you to think of three things that being more generous is because that's how Jesus is. In this story, Jesus is so generous with grace. And grace is unmerited favor. It is a gift. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. And that's the whole point. And I've grown up in this community. I went here. One of the things I think we struggle with the most is grace. We love it, but we don't love practicing it. We love that Jesus is gracious, but we don't want to be gracious back. 
All right, because we're like, you're going to earn it. You need to get something. The second you want to earn it, it's not grace anymore. Like one of the things, I've, I kind of joke with my teachers to show as much grace as possible. It's like one time, maybe if a, a kid fails a test, give them an A. And they're like, that's outrageous. That's scandalous. That's everything against the educational system. And I do get that to a sense. But part of the problem is we have a hard time understanding God's radical grace because we're never that radical with each other. And until we practice that, it's hard to show it. All right, I gave a kid one time in my class, I gave him a $100 bill. And I'm like, here, go, go use that. He's like, I can't take that. I'm like, yes, you can. He's like, no, 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 no. I kept pushing it back and I kept playing with him a little bit. He's like, I'm like, my money not good enough for you? What's your problem? And he's like, I didn't earn this. Like, that's exactly the point. Not only do we got to practice grace, we got to accept it as an amazing gift. And we struggle with that. It is unmerited. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says we, that God lavishes grace. I mean, it's not just a little bit. It's over the top. It's a ridiculous amount. He doesn't hold back. And sometimes the best we do is sprinkle. We'll give a little. Let's be scandalous with our grace with each other to someone that maybe drives you crazy. It is unmerited, and that's the point. One of these stories that really stuck this for me, my students know this one, is I used to take our kids to Washington D.C. all the time, our students. And there was one day I took a couple teachers to the Cheesecake Factory. We were getting back to the metro, and some lady came up to me and said, hey, um, can I have your leftovers? I'm homeless. And I was really struggling because it wasn't just leftovers. It was uh, like a $9 piece of cheesecake. So I, I'm struggling with this because I love cheesecake, by the way. And I said no. So then I get on the metro and I'm driving back and then I just kind of feel guilt. And then I wanted to take a bite of my cheesecake, but it didn't taste as good. It wasn't chocolate chip cookie dough cheesecake. It was chocolate chip cookie dough guilt. And then I got back and I threw it away. And then I felt even worse. I threw it away. I could have given it to her. So I went back to my class and I was teaching about Grace. I'm like, she didn't deserve my cheesecake, but wouldn't it have been a blessing? I mean, I have so much. I am blessed. I, we all have incredible amounts of stuff. We couldn't just be a little generous. So the next year, I took my students and we were determined to find her. So I had about 40 students next year. We, we searched all over. We couldn't find her. The next year, I took 80. We never found her. One of my students said, you probably killed her. I'm still wrestling with that to this day. But one of the things is, why can't we just be generous? Why couldn't I just give her joy in that? So let's stop holding back grace. Let's just give it. So that's the first one, be generous with grace. Second, be generous with love. Jesus is so generous with love and we struggle with this because we struggle with two things. One, we don't understand that love is a choice most of the time. You choose to be patient. You choose to be kind. You choose not to envy because you don't feel it all the time. And praise God, he chooses to love us every day. But the second thing is it's hard to share love if you don't love yourself. And one of the things I tell, I do weddings all the time and I tell these couples on that day, yeah, you get there, but you know, God made everything out of nothing. He, he is so grand and he's so big. He makes mountains, beaches, tulips, everything. And God said it was all good. No one looks at a row of flowers and says, you know, that's too boring. No one doesn't admire mountains. They don't look at mountains and like, lame. No one doesn't look at a sunset on a beach and like, can you speed this up? No, you love all of those things. 
But then it comes you. And for some reason, you struggle with how God made you. You don't see yourself as majestic as the mountains, as glorious as a sunset. And all, God said all those things were good. He said when he made you, you were so good. And he paid the price for you in full. So it's time to have a healthy view of who you are. I always tell my kids, stop saying you aren't good enough. Start living on the other side of the cross where you have been set free already. And until you love who God made you, it's going to be hard to love others. I had a student one time years ago, his name was, wasn't my student, it was someone else's. He was a kid who just struggled having friends. And every day he would walk off this bus by himself. And his mom would just see this. He'd see these groups of friends walking off and then a few steps behind was this kid. And he struggled. And these people were mean to him and they bullied him. And the one time, it was around Valentine's Day and the, he goes, Mom, I'm going to make Valentine's Days for all of uh, these people because I want them to know how much I love them even though they're mean to me. And she's like, that's not a good idea because you're just going to get hurt. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. He was determined. He didn't just go to Walgreens or CVS and buy little ones. He made them himself, put his heart and effort into it. So Valentine's Day comes, his mom is already bawling before the day starts, puts him on the bus. And as that bus comes on the end of the day, the kids all come out like they do, always laughing and joking, and then all by himself, again, steps this kid. And he walks up to his mom, his mom can't even look at him, kind of whips the backpack around, opens it up to see how many Valentines he got. And he didn't get a one, zero. And he, his mom turns him around and just looks him in the eyes and she is just bawling. But he's got this weird grin on his face. She's like, why are you smiling? And his mom, he goes, you know what? I did it, mom. I gave each one of them my heart. I chose to love each one of those people. In a small way, Chad was Jesus to them. Because no matter what happened, he chose to love. And I think in a small day, he learned to love himself a little bit more because he didn't let bitterness or anger or rage define him. He let love and the cross of Jesus Christ define him. And then finally, as I close, I want you to be generous with forgiveness because Jesus is generous with forgiveness. I want my kids used to say, how many times you forgive? The cross is the place of a thousand billion chances. So let's not be hesitant with our forgiveness. This story, I'll never forget this. And I'll close with this. I had a student years ago who suffered from spina bifida. She had a hard time walking. She struggled. And one day, I'm giving a test, and she goes, Mr. Davis, can I talk with you? And I was like, I'm sure. And out in the hall, she starts crying. She's like, Mr. Davis, why are people so mean to me? I've kind of gotten used to people making fun of me, calling me a hunchback and a cripple. And I'm already getting angry. I used to coach, so I got that coach phase. And she goes, but I finally had somebody ask me to homecoming. But at lunch today, they started making fun of this guy saying, are you going to rent a wheelchair instead of a limo? And now he doesn't want to go with me anymore. I don't know what to do. And I said, I'll tell you what to do. You tell me who those boys are. I will find them. I will take care of them. She's like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Mr. Davis like, I am serious. She's like, I know what we should do. I'm like, I'm getting ready for this. because I'm. She's like, we should pray for them. Because I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to be left alone. And I don't want that for them. I want to forgive them. And I was like, I wanted vengeance. She wanted forgiveness. I wanted them to pay. She wanted to extend grace and mercy and love. Can we all just be a little more forgiving? In this parable, Jesus is generous with grace, generous with love, generous with forgiveness. 
Can we take a message from Jesus and practice that a little more with each other? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this story which teaches us so much about your heart. That when these ten come to you, they know. You knew that nine of them weren't coming back to thank you. But you didn't get bitter. You didn't get angry. You chose to love, to extend grace, to extend mercy, to extend forgiveness. And we need to do the same. Lord, we live in sometimes some difficult times and we need to be lights in a dark world. We need to be examples. We are your children. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and let's live in that confidence knowing that we're loved and share those gifts with everybody. Lord, as we leave here and we continue to worship, may all the words that are said bring honor and glory to you. I thank you for everybody in this room and their heart for you. May you turn their heart a little bit more towards you each and every day, and they may grow to become ferocious followers of you. We ask this in your son's amazing name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu slash chapel.